So if you missed the uh, bookmark last week, our theme verse for our cosmic struggle series, our look at Revelation, is Ephesians 6 verse 12. And the hope at the end of this series is that we will all be able to say this from memory together. The reason this is a theme verse is that it helps us to see what John is really saying in the book of Revelation. The message he's trying to get across to the church both then and now. And that message is not that complicated. The message is, you are going to face trouble. You are going to face trials. Being in Christ does not mean that everything will now go smoothly. But your true fight is not against Republicans or Democrats. Your true fight is not even against cancer. It's not against divorce, sexual morals of the day. Your true fight is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Let's pray. Lord God, we so desire for you to speak to us through your word this morning. And so we would ask that your spirit would bless the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts so that it may be pleasing in your sight. Our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. I would encourage you to grab one of the Bibles in the seats in front of you. We're going to kind of be looking at a number of things. We'll be reading from chapter 7, but there's a few things that I want to pick up on as uh, we begin. And the first is that as you look up on the screen, we have this screen down. Uh, So if you look up on this screen, you'll notice that the very first phrase reads, After this I looked, and there before me. And if you have your Bible open and you flip back a couple of chapters, you'll see that next week's text, Revelation chapter 4, begins the exact same way. After this I looked, and there before me. And if you go to the beginning of chapter 7 in Revelation, you'll notice some very similar words. After this, I saw. And so what John is providing for us in this Revelation is a number of different scenes. And the way in which we're invited to see that the, there's been a commercial and now the program is back on is with some of these phrases. And so if we look at the book of Revelation from an incredibly high level, we've got the introduction, John writes what he sees, Jesus speaking, there are the letters to the churches, hold on, and here's why. The vision in heaven, and then this vision in chapter 7 of God's cosmic people. 
And these are the scenes that Jesus inspires John to see and write so that we will be filled with hope, that we will be filled with certainty, and so that we will persevere. So we'll start reading at verse 9 of John chapter, uh, excuse me, Revelation chapter 7, written by John. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes, were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory, wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? John answered, Sir, you know. He said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and they serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. <clears throat> if you have your Bible open, you'll notice that in chapter 6, the title of that chapter is the words, The Seals. And in chapter 6, we watch as the Lamb unfolds or opens the scroll and breaks the seals. And then if we turn to Revelation chapter 7, the word seal shows up in a very different way. Seals this time is what is put on the forehead of those who have been marked as secure through the tribulation. And so we see these 144,000 people sealed. Verse 3, if you have your Bible open, a seal is put on the foreheads of the servants of our God. 
And so John is watching as in chapter 6, human history unfolds, the scroll is opened, and the tragedies of history unfold. And the question, of course, is, will God's people persevere? And how will they persevere? And John goes on to say, God says we're going to, as the seals are broken, we're going to put a seal on the forehead so they can make it through. But 144 sounds a little small. And so the way John describes this, it's, it's really kind of fun to think about. Right again, John is on the island of Patmos. He's having this vision in exile. He's in his 80s, maybe even into his 90s. And he's, God is putting a, a vision into him and onto him to share with the church the hope that they have in Jesus Christ. And he is seeing this, this, this scene of people that he knows is 144,000. And he blinks. And in that blink, all of a sudden, it's not just 144,000, but it's billions of Christians that he can't count. You know, it's one thing if, like, if we're up here, we look out and we see the congregation here and we say, you know, you have been sealed. And then all of a sudden we blink and it's not just those of us who are here today. It's all of the members who aren't here today. And it's all of the members who were here when First Cutlerville started. And it's all of the members who will be here long after we're gone. And it's not just the members who are here, but the members who have transplanted all over the place. And the seal that God puts on his people through the tribulation is not limited. This is not limited atonement. The seal is for all of those who are saved and brought through because of the blood of the Lamb. But I want us to think about that. Because what that means for people will depend on how you think about the face of God. So we're going to use an illustration. A familiar illustration from the cat and the hat. Most of us know the story, but I want us to imagine and personalize it for a moment. Imagine that it's a snow day, but the adults still need to go to work. And so the children are left home, and there's a list made, and the list says, you know, clean your room, pick up the clothes off the floor and put them in the hamper. There's a box of mac and cheese on the counter when you get hungry. Call at noon or text at noon so I know you're okay. I'll be home at four. So the car pulls out of the driveway. And what immediately ensues is a baseball game with a metal bat and a real baseball in the living room. Windows are broken. Couches are ripped. The kids are nervous. And so they move some furniture around to cover up the broken window. And of course that puts a mark into the floor. But they're hungry. 
And so they begin to make the mac and cheese, but they don't eat all of the mac and cheese and they don't turn the burner off. They leave it on a low simmer. So that by three o'clock, the starches in the bottom of the pan, which have been left there, are now a burning, smoking mass that has caused the ceiling in the kitchen to become black, smoke to fill the kitchen, and so the, ki- uh, the kids fill up the, the, the buckets with water, douse the pan, don't turn the gas off, and it's a, a mess. They forgot to call, and they see the clock. What's the feeling? Fear. Oh, no! We did not do what we have been called to do. And we have not used the gifts we have been given. I've got to turn this on. If you have your Bible open, the last verses in chapter 6 read this way. The kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and everyone else, slave and free, hide in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. Because human history is unfolding. Famine is striking. Hunger is striking. War is striking. Division is striking. Everything is being unleashed. They call to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne. That picture in the cat in the hat, right, where where the, the leg of the adult is in view and the children are looking out the window and there's that terror of what are they going to do? This is the scene in Revelation for those who have turned their back on God. Who have said in the midst of the unfolding of history, we aren't interested. We are going to do our own thing When we're hungry, we will use our power to get ourselves food. We will not trust you. We don't care if the division we sow causes havoc throughout the world. We are not interested in God. But Revelation tells a time, and we all know there will come a day when the face of God will appear. The face of him causes absolute fear for those who have turned their back on God. Back to the snow day. In snow day number two, the adult leaves, same instructions. But about an hour after the car has pulled out, The ice has gotten so thick on the power lines that the lights turn off. Around lunchtime, as the children are cold and looking for food, they realize in turning on the burner that the gas is out too. The snow is piling up. Because there's no gas, because there's no electricity, The children can hear sirens going down the street. And they are anxiously watching 
the clock. For when the face of the parent is seen. And in that moment, what happens? There's no cold. There's no dark. There's even no hunger. But there is absolute relief and joy in the face, in seeing the face of the parent. This is Revelation 7. Because in Revelation chapter 6, God's people are wondering how long it will be until Christ will come back and make things right. How long do we have to hold on? How long, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, will you wait to avenge the blood of the inhabitants of the earth? And these are persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ, right? At the bottom, your brothers and sisters will kill just as you have been. And so they are under it. They are under pressure. It's not just that the lights have been turned off. It's not just that they're hungry. It's that the very believing in Jesus, the attending of church, the proclamation of their faith and the hope that they have in Christ is causing them to be put under the, put under it. And they are crying out as the seals are opening, as famine is unleashed, as disease is unleashed, as the four horsemen of the apocalypse, war, devastation, division, as they're unleashed on the world, they are asking God, when will you come home? And God says, wait. But they're given a white robe. They're given a seal. They're given a seal that holding on will bring them through. And tonight, if you tune in at 5 o'clock, we're going to look at exactly how chapter 7 answers the pain and chaos of chapter 6. But the short of it is that the scene we get of God's people who have been brought through the tribulation aren't those who have been pulled out to escape, but who have been brought through. Verse 16, John turns to the angel and says, you know who these people are. And the angel says, they are the ones who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Notice that those robes have been given not after the trouble, but in the midst of the trouble. It's not just after, it's during the seal and the mark that victory is sure. And the promise of these in white robes is that they are near the center of the throne of God 
and of the Lamb. And there's something remarkable about this scene, and I wish we had more time, because this is just so much good here. But we see the Lamb at the center of the throne as the hope of those who have been brought through the tribulation. And the way John describes the Lamb, if we go back, is looking as if it had been slain. Think about that for a moment. Why would God fill his people with hope that someday when they are standing around the throne of God and the living creatures and the elders will be around them and they will all be declaring worthy is the Lamb, that the Lamb will still bear the scars. Unless, unless, God is wanting us now to hold on to the hope that scars are never the end of the story. That tribulation is not just where we're stuck. And that God, in his great wisdom and hope-giving, says, I want to, for all eternity, remind you of what you have been brought through Last week we sang, uh, Here I Am to Worship. And there's a line in that song that's always made me wonder. I'll never know how much the cost to see our sin upon the cross. But I do wonder if a chapter like this makes us wonder a little bit about whether we do and will be able to someday know the cost. All of what Christ has accomplished, all of what the Lamb has done will be laid bare. And we will not only see that as some distant memory in the past, but the evidence of it for eternity. And when we will see all of the sin covered, everything that we have done, all of the chaos and trouble and tribulation of our world dealt with, the cost he paid, we will join to say, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. The hope for God's cosmic people is not just in the future sense, but in the white robe wearing present. That even in the suffering and the trouble we face, we have been sealed with the mark of God to be brought through so that for all eternity we can give praise and worship to the one who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. Let's pray. Lord God, some of us this morning are in the middle of tribulation. We, if we're reading through chapter 6 and we're reading through some of those things that the horsemen are bringing, we know them firsthand. We know economic difficulty. We are wondering how we can make it through another double-digit month of inflation. We may be wondering how we can work through more news about disease. 
we maybe look at the threat of nuclear war and are, are again, just how is this all going to end? How can we have a hope for our, our grandchildren or our great-grandchildren? What kind of world are they growing up in? And the revelation you gave to John is not just one of, here is all the tragedy that will unfold. But it is also the hope and certainty and assurance we have. For we have been sealed. The name of our God has been placed on our foreheads for those who believe and are in Christ Jesus. And so fill us with hope in the midst of suffering and trial and help us to long appropriately for the day when we will gather around the throne to see the Lamb who is looking as if it has been slain so that we may declare together worthy. Worthy.